Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the first episode of Crypto Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Madison, alongside Mike Grisey, Mike McGoy, and Chris Epps. What's up, fellas? What's up? What's up? What up? GM. 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 Yeah, Uh, there's a lot. Is there a lot of panic going on still i mean we had the we're coming off the crash from last week the first 50 percent correction since 2020 or or since last since uh, may of last year yeah i was about to say i'm still focused on that one yeah um so yeah we have we survived it uh i feel like it's uh not event 
to be honest, I think we are going to survive it. I think that it could probably go lower. Uh, at this point, most of the people that I talk to and follow, like I've told you guys in the past, um, we're all kind of concentrated on the metaverse or NFT play. Uh, and it seems that uh, most of the market makers agree with that, or at least, you know, NFTs are going up in relative to the rest of the market. But uh, I think everything is safe. I do think a lot of these altcoins are going to suffer more pain, to be honest. The the old coin, what, what are you talking about when you say the altcoins? Altcoins, sorry. Uh, you know, things that, could be things that could be considered shit coins or a lot of the stuff that I would have told you to buy a year ago, DeFi, centralized finance tokens, um, things that are called coins that are called ghost chains from these are tokens that are from blockchains, usually from a year or two ago from that big bull run in 2017, such as uh, ADA or BNB, or I could think of a bunch of other ones. I don't want to offend people right now. Uh, and these are considered ghost chains. These are all alt, alt, alternative coins, quote unquote, because Bitcoin and Ethereum are the, you know, the, the leaders, leaders in the pack. I do think uh, there's going to be a resurgence of alternative coins from these, but I do think most of them will be Ethereum-based like they were last year. And I think NFTs are going to be the new <clears throat> altcoin move or the rotation that we all kind of talk about in the market from going from the majors, Bitcoin and Ethereum, and rotating down. They used to be rotating down into these altcoins or ghost chains and then into the shit coins like Shiba and Doge and XRP or whatever you want to go into. And, and then it would go into NFTs. At this point now, it seems like NFTs is the, the third choice out of the cryptocurrency investment narrative. So you're saying now um, NFTs have kind of gracefully replaced the shitcoin market. Yeah. There's and stuff that, to do. Yeah, right, right. So instead of just hey, I'm going to throw my money at this random coin. Now people are building stuff, coming up with projects with long-term, seemingly long-term ideas and plans behind them instead of just, hey, I'm going to throw my money at this thing and hope I don't get rugged. We're halfway there, yes. Right, right. Because there's still, there's still, that's still a big part of the ecosystem, right, is the scam aspect i mean you know obviously the hundreds have the um the hoodie and the t-shirt nfts are a scam with the that kind of self-proclaimed ideology behind uh cryptocurrency that you know there are people lurking trying to steal your pfps and things like that so i feel like a big part of where we are where we were is like there's a lot of fear around people getting rugged or scammed or people not wanting to enter the space because of that you know like people are afraid to enter in their social security number to coinbase or whatever the hell you know the information that they would have to give up like a lot of people are still fearful of the uh the theft that takes place in the crypto space, I feel like. 
Rightfully. Yeah. He said rightfully so. Rightfully so. I mean, in terms of the, the securities, there are no securities. Um, but, you know, in terms of the projects that you choose to invest your money in, I mean, it's just all about research and doing your due diligence about who's behind it, you know, everything. So it's like it, we as a person that operates and moves in the NFT space and the DeFi space, I, I know how to identify a scam when I see one. And I know how to identify a, a good project when I see one that, right. you know. And I feel like us as Black people, especially like kind of Black thought leaders in our respective groups, like... I'm definitely kind of Black. Huh? Definitely kind of Black. Not all the way Black. No, you definitely, you look b Blacker than me. Oh, no, brother. <laughs> I'm not Black, I'm Rishé. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? You look you look blacker than me. I'm a little bit more African looking. But uh no, I'm saying like with us being black and you know having the responsibility of kind of onboarding a lot of people and um bringing a lot of people to the space like I feel like a couple of the questions that you know that I get asked I feel like we all get asked to like, you know, what, what are NFTs? What are the future of NFTs? What does it do? You know, and like people want to know, like, where is it going? And, and also the other thing is like, which one should I buy? Right. It's like for people who have money, who don't know about the, what's going on, they would come to you like, Oh, you're, you're the cool guy. You know, what's going on. If I, if I had, you know, five, 10 grand, what should I get? What should I get? Even though if they're not going to buy it, they just want to know so they could tell somebody else what the popping thing is. And then the other people who are kind of just more academic or just more interested are like, where is it going? What does this mean? Because people don't get it, you know? I was just having this conversation with Mike yesterday. Yeah. The conclusion that we were, we came to was like, we just need to stop talking to people about it. <laughs> just, you know all the disclaimers are like on all the other shows like this is not financial advice but this is like this is a financial space like right. merged into a a virtual world pegged by a currencies and you know so it's like it's art currency world right so i mean what do NFTs do? They do a lot of things. They could be PFP scam art, or they could be give you access to a community and it could have a storyline to it. It could it, it can have your credit score credit score attached to it. <laughs> like it's yeah. I mean, it's like what I don't I don't have these conversations for that's that reason. Right. Because it's like just how we got into the space where I'm banging my head for five, six months trying to understand. It's like, that's pretty much what everyone has to do. There's no shortcut to understanding and contextualizing what the future of this is. Yeah. But I think that way of thinking kind of got us jammed up on the first round by 
people asking the same questions about Bitcoin and Ethereum and us having that same kind of feeling towards it. And then when I say it gets us jammed up because the people will eventually find a way and take the shortcut. You know, it's not like like our approach of like, hey, I don't want to have this conversation. You're going to figure out on your own and have to do the same thing that I did. It's like, well, we learned the hard way that they won't, you know, for better or worse, they'll a Dogecoin will come along and shift our perception of what everything is. And there may be a NFT project that has a hundred thousand and people get, you know what I'm saying? Airdrop them if you have Disney plus, and now everybody has their own NFT and then it shoots up and it's worth 5,000 and they didn't have to do anything for like, we don't know. We don't know what's coming in space. So like we know it's going to change. There's I don't, a, there's going to be a lot of uh, starting points. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like if we're on a cruise, there's a lot of stops <laughs> along the way. It's like right. whenever you want to hop on, yeah. when it makes sense, you know, when it makes sense that, oh, this is what a computer is. And then this is the utility of like the computer for me and the, the common folk of the world. And, oh, I need this for my life. Right. It happens. But it's like right now. It's like trying to explain to people like what the potential of the internet is in the first year or something. Right. And it's like either you get it or. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we're discussing two things. One is the technology and then the other is the investment platform. And so the technology is one thing, right? That, you know, is a conversation that's to be had. But then when we start to get into the, the investment space of it, then that's another conversation because now you are you will have to assume some type of uh, risk, obviously, as any investor. But you have to assume also some type of fault or responsibility for whatever type of direction you lead that person into, whether it be DeFi through Cardano or, you know, BNB or whatever. But depending on when they get in. Right. And depending on the price performance of that particular asset, they're going to then look at you like, hey, you told me this was going to do X, Y and Z. And so that's the tough part that we're having right now is like, especially during this dip, where a lot of weaker handed investors who are not accustomed to seeing 25, 35, 55, 65 percent dips. They're now looking towards us like, oh, well, you guys said that this was supposed to do X only. It was going to go up only. (laughs) Yeah. No, and, and you know, and so to avoid that at some point, it then turns into I'm just not going to have this conversation with, you know, people and unless, you know, you kind of you almost have to like vet the person. Like, are you a yeah. investor at this point now to even have this conversation? Because mm-hmm. if not, then, hey, man, you know, right. Just, right. And, and people you know. start looking at you crazy and looking at you funny. Oh, he told me about this and it went down or this didn't work out. And it's like, yeah, like you're saying, Mike, like that's technically not really on me because you're not a qualified investor. You don't understand the process of investing. You want to hit a lick. You want, you want to get rich quick. You want to not even get rich quick because that's not getting rich. You just want to flip some shit quick. Exactly. <laughs> and and the two conversations you're talking about, that's what I end up going to. Yeah. Uh, it's I end up vetting someone. Like Mike says, I don't preach about it as much as I used to a year ago or two years ago. Uh, I see what they know. I, you know, basically pitch the, the, uh, the moral or the, the social uh, aspect or the social impacts that this stuff could have. 
And then, you know, I could see if their eyes glaze over because, you know, I go into a black hole and I can tell after like five minutes <laughs> once I have gone like to the next five coins and theories where they like where they are, if they want profit. And I start off with losses now. I used to start off, everyone asked me, you know, how much have you made if they just care about the profit and not the tech part, which mm -hmm. is most people in the end. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I used to start off with profits all the time. That's what happens when you start off. And now... I tell them, oh, yeah, I lost, you know, ADK this year. Yeah. You know, but out of the whatever else I made after that. Yeah. And I bet, yeah, it's it's a yeah. thing that, that's the time thing. And most people who want to make the money right now don't have that long time horizon. But most people get in thinking about the long time, you know, uh, impact this shit could have for the next hundred years. And that's the funny part. Like, I definitely was in it for the tech. And now I'm definitely a profit maximalist. And that's kind of what happens. And that's why people kind of have to be quiet about it too, because you're giving away alpha and you don't want to dump on your friends. It's it's a weird market. I think NFTs kind of kind of make things easier for people like me or people like us or people in my telegram group to share to people like our family and friends. That's one thing I've noticed. Like I, I'm not gonna I'm not going to be selling, like, I want to sell these tokens much quicker than I want to sell these coveted, silly-ass JPEGs, for sure. Right. So that's something that's changing in the last year. And that conversation is still, that those two forks in the road are still really prominent in NFTs, but they're more applicable, and like, they're stronger in NFTs, which is one thing that it's changed in the last six months or the last time we've talked. Um, Silly as JPEGs. Yeah. Yeah. So we had the crash. Um, we've had PFP projects blow up. What do you guys think about the uh, the Jimmy Fallon, Paris Hilton, uh, apes on the Tonight Show? Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about butcher box butcher box is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep free shipping vacuum sealed packaging it's ready to go right then it's ready to pop in the freezer you get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value going to the grocery store can be a huge pain you're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture you are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than butcher box so sign up at butcherbox.com dings d-i-n-g-s and get our special deal ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Uh, what do you mean, board apes? Yeah, just them, the... 
and the possibility of also, uh, you know, they're talking about Snoop and Eminem um, doing integrating some kind of board ape thing with the their Super Bowl performance. But obviously, you know, Jimmy Fallon, uh, I think he has like 50 million followers on, you know, whatever social media, blah, blah, blah. Everybody knows who Paris Hilton is, which actually I realize not everybody knows who Paris Hilton is. And that's how old we are. Uh, Paris Hilton has been out of the limelight for a considerable amount of time. We were in the uh, recess discord and somebody had brought her up and somebody was like, oh yeah, I forgot. Or like, I didn't, oh, somebody said they didn't know who she was and had to look her up. Um, that's scary. Yeah. And that's, that's the word, like we're, we're that old. That's how much shit has shifted. Um, you know, even in that, somebody had to tell a story about Kim Kardashian formerly and being known as Paris Hilton's assistant. Not that that <laughs> matters, but just shows just the, the, the change of the guard and how pop culture and culture shifts so fast to where the people who are supposedly pushing, you know, the young people who are pushing shit now don't even know people who we thought were immensely, you know, famous and popular uh, 15 years ago um, and how fast that goes. But yeah, what do you guys think about that whole marketing aspect of all this right now? Sounds like a lot of, uh, I guess, um, would you, it's, it feels like a scam when it happens to you. It's mm. not truly a scam. Uh, it sounds like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, from what I've seen and what we've all seen from these high profile endorsements of new things that are coming out that they release. Yeah. Endorsements of things that are already out like Board Apes Club. It's not surprising, especially from what we've seen in the last year again. And all of the, you know, corporations and firms and uh, uh, government officials endorsing crypto and NFTs as investments and the metaverse, uh, you know, the metaverse prophecy coming to fruition. Yeah, it's a whole, it's, it's, it doesn't feel like we're uh, anywhere too crazy yet, but it's definitely to the point where it becomes numbing <coughs> right now. But it's, it's, it is cool to me to see that compared to seeing what was it that Kim Kardashian advertised last year, the Ethereum Max. Yeah. Oh yeah, that her and, uh, people lost money. Yeah, yeah, her and Floyd and somebody else got. Yeah, uh, are, are having. There's a lawsuit against them. Yeah, not everybody. All the uh, celebrities, um, crypto endeavors have been great, right? Like some have been trying to shill some stuff that is not on the up and up. Um, they tried I would to argue which ones have worked. It's right. only the NFT ones are the ones that survive, and this is part of the. I think the the technology or the you know impact that smart contracts on NFTs you know present and the open sourceness of everyone being able to see and do everything compared to people advertising some tokens that they don't even hold that they're getting paid for from a random person who just made up this code you know yeah I think the one it's that's that's another thing too like all the, a lot of NFT projects have from celebrities or people who have some recognition have, you know, lost their volume and died down and people lost money, but they haven't been outright scams or, you know, uh, padding someone's pockets. 
Yeah, I think the ones that have worked, I mean, have obviously really been the Bitcoin ones where, uh, you know, people part like o Odell partners with uh, whoever, Cash App or whoever it is, or, um, you know, Megan the Stallion, and they give them a million dollars in Bitcoin and they're, and they're able to push whatever their brand is. I'm just saying, like, in terms of, has it worked out for Odell? Mike, the idea is that Odell got paid a million dollars in addition to getting his, like he was. Of course. He's doing this so as an average investor. investor is not going to get a million dollars. No, of so, but I'm talking, you're talking about it working out for the celebrity. And I'm saying in, in the instances where they're partnering with a company and receiving their paycheck that they are not spending, uh, I mean, hopefully in the immediate, I mean, I don't, dog, Odell's contract was for a lot of well, contract was for $95 million. I'm saying he the assumption is that he got paid what? No? no I was going to just ask how, how many professional athletes live check to check. It's over 60%. So, yeah. so even doing that, even receiving your paycheck in, a, 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 in, in an asset or in an investment is goofy because maybe he actually has some people who, you know, some very smart people around him who just would have been like, there's a dip coming. He could have saved bro, this I, significant amount of money and bought the dip. But what I'm saying, it's not about Odell. Yeah, the celebrity always does well. They get paid. Right. But if you listen to Odell and then you base your investment decision off of what Odell Beckham Jr. did when he did it, then you're down like 45%. Yeah, I mean, that's the part. That's the do your own research. This is not the disclaimer part. It's like there's no quick way into the space. We everybody in here has lost tens of thousands of dollars. Facts. Yeah, but the idea is that it's not about today, right? Or is it? <laughs> Mike, Mike is shaking his head because but Mike, you're the gold guy. You're the gold guy. Gold hasn't done anything in the last what is your what is your real stance on it? If like how can you win you know, expect these astronomical wins when you don't know about the losses? Right. If you never participated in the full scope of the game. Right. Because yeah, because everybody is always like oh, wow, I wish I would have did that, right? But it's like, how many people would have bought it and not sold or, you know, and that goes for everything. People, we can look in the discords and see people talking about the PFPs that they sold too early or whatever, like anything, any item. It doesn't, it's not just relegated to crypto either. It could be any asset that you've ever held. 90% of the time, I'm my guess is that you sold it at the wrong time. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just by nature of the America that we live in and the system that we're trying to overcome. We're just looking for more loopholes in the game to be able to run through. That's how I feel. I mean, and, obviously there's a mismanagement of uh, people don't know how to manage assets. Right? Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and even like that word and the, that term and what that means and understanding like no this is an asset like you know i don't think that i think that uh there's a a bridge that that 
there's a bridge that hasn't been crossed in terms of like that context. It's like, I don't know if people really like enter the space with that perspective of even like regarding like a lot of these coins or even like the NFTs, like as assets. It's just like, I don't know how people view them. Like, I don't know the term or. Yeah, I don't know if there's a, pr a proper term to uh, express what. Asset is the proper term. No, I'm right. saying what the public, to say what the public oh. views them as. Right, yeah. right. And, uh... and all I was saying in reference to being compensated in assets, don't pay me in real estate, bro. Right. Like, don't pay me in pork bellies. Don't pay me in fucking, like, water. Like, don't pay me in anything other than currency that I'm asking you to pay me in. And so I'm not saying it's a bad thing long-term. We know that he'll be okay for sure long-term, but definitely like looking at his, his, you know, statement for the year, he definitely is going to be upset about it. And all I'm saying but, is as a, you know, it's one thing, but the, I would say this, the benefit to the one benefit to NFTs that I see is that it, it onboards a lot of the people that we're actually talking about. Right. But right, okay. So, but here's, here's the, and I understand what you're saying, Mike, but the general idea is that um, a lot of people, all of us, for the most part, take for granted how fast five years, 10 years comes, right? Yeah. Like it was 2012 yesterday, bro, like it, seemingly, right? And so the athletes, the rich people are aware of this and they have people in their ear, you know, telling them like hey you can take this three million dollars in bitcoin or whatever and we'll put it over here we'll look at it in five years except whenever when you retire whatever you know what i'm saying and the idea is that over any four-year period right they say like bitcoin has always been x amount up or whatever so i think that time horizon concept is something that people with wealth and that are rich can un understand a, a little bit better than people who are living paycheck to paycheck. And that's not to say that these people aren't who play football and, you know, are entertainers and athletes, but they have other people in their ear who are at least trying to set up a play for them, whether it's, you know, for their benefit or not. And I think this is kind of the most obvious play right now. Um, and all I'm saying is if you've listened to any one of these people to tell you that to invest in any, any one of these projects, you would currently right now be negative. And how you would then feel about that person is up to you, right? Right. And so what I'm saying is if you could feel that way about, Odell Beckham Jr. or Meg Thee Stallion, then how are you going to feel about Michael McGoy? Right. That's all I'm saying. So, right, you know, it but, might But that's your job, though, Mike, right? Also, like, not to of cut course. you off. So, like, how do you deal with that as somebody who, like, you know, we haven't established who everybody is on this show. Like, I'm a director, producer. Mike Rose is an artist, entrepreneur. Mike, you're an investor and a somebody who sells assets, equities, right? I mean, obviously yep. Chris is all precious metals. Yeah, precious metals. Chris is a is a, you know, 
trader, cryptocurrency, the enthusiast, then somebody who's deeply involved in <laughs> I don't know how to describe, you know, you could give your, yourself your own monikers, right. you know, um, but I just want people to understand where, Mike, where you're coming from, your perspective and what you're saying, because this is what you do. And I'm kind of curious of like, how do you feel then about people feeling away? You know what I'm saying? If you, not every right. stock tip is going to be the hottest one of the year. So what, what is your, how do you go about that? And that's the thing, like for me, it doesn't really affect me because I try my hardest just to not give people information or tips. Mm -hmm. That is my professional expertise, right? Mm -hmm. Being a financial professional for now 15 years, people ask me for tips all the time. And it's just like, to do what, right? Well, to make money, that's what they want. But to make money when? Yeah, exactly. Right? Right. When, like right now, like the next six months, the next six years, the next 16 years, I'm in precious metals. So obviously that's more of a longer term investments module. But like I understand the people who are, you know, looking for a quick flip as well. That's just I don't know what to tell them. Yeah, right? no, I have a lot of people who who are looking come to me and ask for two, three months, six months max, you know, like they. they People who are looking for money are looking for something quick. And especially when they hear about crypto, when they see Dogecoin goes up this, right. when they see a PFP. Doge millionaires. Yeah, Doge millionaires, Shiba millionaires. That, that came out, that, that penguin sold for 3 million or that little. Right, when people are seeing all of these bored apes selling for hundreds of thousands, crypto punks selling for millions, all this stuff selling for millions, like, People want a piece of this and like, who's to say that they can't have it, but I feel like there's so much, not misinformation. Like all of those, all of those investors that reap those high yielding um, sales and a reward they're all believers in the space and in the future of like what it was like NFTs or not. I mean, the Doge shit is totally different. You know, it's like, it was, it's some meme shit, yeah. but it's like, you know, to buy a board ape, like they're at, you know, the floor price at board, board ape is like 93 ETH right now. So I was just looking like one just sold for 130 or seven, but the dude bought it three months ago for 15 e. So right. that's still, that was a big risk. Right. And then, you know, if you're not, you know, if you're not fully onboarded in the space and know the ins and outs, you're still taking the risk. Like even with being in the discords and watching the markets and rotating out and in other shit, like, so. Yeah, I, I want to talk about a couple of things um, to try to like give shed some light for people. Uh, one of the big things uh, that I hear a lot about, a lot of people talk about um, in this space is staking. And like, I know Mike that you have staked. I know Chris that you have staked. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people talking about it, um, about when to pull out, the inability to pull out and what all of that entails. Um, 
you know, I don't, I've never staked. Would you guys care to shed some light on what that is? Or bond-based liquidity pool building projects uh, like Olympus. And there's been projects that are forks of that or copies that use that same code and have a different drive. <clears throat> I have staked in some of those because I was in the groups earlier, but I have not been really staking or doing much DeFi stuff in the last... But Chris, can you explain months? what staking is? Staking is just depositing your coins into a smart contract or into a program or into a validator or no, depending on what chain you're on. You can stake in many different chains uh, or programs, or you can stake on an exchange and get returns or deposit and you get APY instead of, you know, holding your money in a bank and then they take it and use it. And then you get 0.01% uh, from the bank, not including the inflation that's going on. You uh, in DeFi and decentralized finance, what they call it, uh, which is mostly on Ethereum or the most prominent is on Ethereum, you can deposit coins and earn interest uh, based on the coins you deposited and the price. And you earn that interest usually <clears throat> uh, through these platforms, other coins. So some popular ones when I first started were Yam or Sushi or Ave is well known, still alive. Uh, and they usually started at ridiculous numbers when things just started off. Now Coinbase offers it, uh, Binance has offered it for a while uh, with pretty good interest rates, especially for people that like Mike advises or anyone with some, some money, you know, and they want to like earn on their money, you can deposit your money into something that's trustless and earn interest on it more than you would ever get at a bank. And you ever probably will. And to piggyback on that, I think the important thing for like the average person is to understand that staking really is just annuitizing, right? You're going to take your coins and then annuitize them, give them to someone else. And then they then give you your stuff back later on a little bit on top. Yeah. Right. So when you stake, what is the typical amount of time that somebody like, because at that point you, like you said, they're using your money. So how long do you have to stake before you can pull out? Uh, well, in DeFi, it doesn't, it usually doesn't matter. Some programs have locked time or have time locks, which yeah. are big. Uh, there's a lot of things that most apps don't have a, lock on them so mm -hmm. and there's a lot of oh uh, ethereum 2 is coming out soon and to do that uh all of the people who are enthusiastic or bullish on ethereum and ethereum 2 working <clears throat> uh excuse me they had to deposit their their ether 32 eth was the minimum mm. into a smart contract which is just a code that can't be changed or touched by human or uh you know hacked or fucked with or yeah hacked or fucked with hopefully i believe they can't be hacked uh people put up about a couple billion dollars in ethereum and stake that and it's locked until ethereum 2 comes out that's mm -hmm. like a rare case because the, the the eth that's being used is going to be used to secure the eth2 network mm -hmm. uh and then there's a yeah, program to have locks for five years there's the coin hex which Mike's both mics uh, put me on to. Right. <laughs> uh, they they have time locks that you can choose that vary, 
mm-hmm. uh, up to like 10 years, which is apparently the most profitable. And then there's penalties for if you want to get out of that time lock. Some things don't have penalties. You just can't touch it. All right. So it's, it's a, you know, a wide variation. You can stake some in some with, sorry to say this out loud, don't want to get anyone too excited, but 2 million APY and pull it out in a day and hopefully you just, you know, made a bunch of money uh, and the money will be in the form of the, of this other new shit coin. For staking it like Ethereum, you know, ETH, or staking on ETH2 or staking in these exchanges, you usually earn a stable coin or the coin that you have staked. And then Aave, uh, which I mentioned earlier, you can stake and then use your, a lot of these DeFi programs have loans, collateralized loans, uh, and you use your crypto that you deposited and you can get APY and then borrow off of that and then use that borrowings to do whatever you want. Some people bought houses, some people have bought more crypto and traded with that. And you know, technically long and short, we can explain that later. Well, Chris, it's, Chris yeah, long and short are, is a whole another episode. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Chris, you're touching something that I wanted to bring up anyway. And man, I want to save it for later on, but the the liquid loans against your crypto is game changing. I think DeFi period is game changing. And if we're able to bring our people to DeFi through bullshit NFTs, I'm okay with that. Yeah, which you can. That's one of the only things I have been staking or looking at staking into in the last few months um, are metaverse and NFT platforms and apps, which there's a lot of. Like you never scored an NFT gain. And I'm not, come on. You're always slamming. NFTs, man. Yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike likes to front a little bit, but he's about it. I yeah. like the liquidity, or I, I, I hate the liquidity of NFTs. Um, that's the only only problem that I have with it. Illiquidity, the illiquidity. Yeah, exactly. I hate the illiquidity and NFTs. But we love it because that gives us the the pump at the same time. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's tricky. It's tricky. It's trickier than a coin because it's like. You know, you can watch those 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 sale orders right on the chart. Right. You can watch the activity of the NFT too, but like when it, you know, it's it's harder to catch the dump. But I, some of that NFT activity is cappuccino. You feel me? Like moving from one of your own wallets to one of your own wallets. <laughs> but Mike, you acting like the the coin movement is not a cap as well. Right. Right. It's not like, that easily manipulated, though. Well, how is it not? These are it's well moves. You know what I'm saying? Like that trigger, that rip that has a ripple effect. Like, oh shit. Uh, no, I'm just to Jason's point. It's like when you see somebody buy eighty thousand dollars worth of Shiba, you like, oh shit. Like, it might that might trigger you to buy. Like, oh, it's a whale buying in. Like, it might be some a pump coming. Just how. Hmm. Like, nfts if you see a big sale you're like oh shit it's the same it's the same and to shibu's point though we actually saw like someone dump like eight million in the shibu was that like two weeks ago and oh, the God. price fucking barely moved yeah cool. yeah poor guy right and so that's what i'm saying which is a lot different than the nft if you were to see that type not and not even that type of price action but just if you were to see some type of price action on an NFT. You're like, oh shit, this is actually people really want this shit. 
Yeah, or I should get out of this shit. And that's part of the mind game too. The whole there's a thing in this NFT game about floor price. The floor yeah. price is is only what we make it because we list it because someone doesn't want to buy it at the price that we want it at. So that illiquidity <laughs> is a is a triple edged sword at times. It's right. Well, that's why you gotta, you know, your allegiance has to be to the hotness. <laughs> Shout out to Diddy. You, know, the you gotta be in the you know you gotta be hot right. you know, and or you know be willing to hodl right or you know like you said you know make a cappuccino or two and do some laundry yeah but to mike's point <laughs> it's about knowing your your investment your timeline horizons like is this a short-term investment is this a long-term investment like where what is my exit you know what is my stop loss like you have to identify all of this before you spin that Ethereum. And like, to be honest with you, though, and Mike, you're right, but to be honest with you, you, everyone knows this, All those, none of those questions can be answered in the NFT space. What's my stop loss? I don't know. Whatever the fuck someone's going to give me when it's time to sell this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Right? You got to... What's my time horizon? I don't know. Whenever this motherfucker is no longer hot anymore. Yeah. Or when it gets hotter, but I guess the idea it remains the same as with anything else, bro. It's like if I'm buying this, I'm buying it because I like it, or because I believe the price will go up. It's one or the other, right? And hopefully, it's both. And that's the idea: is that as an investor, you would like to ideally get something that is both. That's something that has your heart and something that has your mind. Now, if it's only your mind, then you have to have a number that you're set. And the best number is zero, meaning like this motherfucker could go to zero. Right. Because if you ha- if you get too emotional about one asset and its value, then it's going to fuck up your whole portfolio and your whole approach to investing. So mm-hmm. you have to cop something knowing that this fucking whoever runs board ape could come out as fucking Harvey Weinstein and it could all go to zero, like, or what, whatever the thing is, like, you know what I'm saying? Bitcoin. Oh man, fucking whatever, anything like it could, anything can happen in the same way that it went to 3000 and it went to 69,000 in the same way that all, you know what I'm saying? The fucking toll went from one ETH to 12 or whatever, like it can go up exponentially it can go down exponentially and people have to like not everybody's able to reconcile that reality with themselves right. but that's also part of the reason why the price action moves the way that it moves is based off of this not going to zero more right. people feel that this is not going to zero at 50,000 than at 500 mm-hmm. right that has to matter as well that has to matter as well. And when there is no chart and you're just looking at fun little JPEGs and you can't really get robbed of your money to like, technically. Well, I mean, what about all the people complaining on OpenSea about their... That's not, that's all of a thing. That's not, that's not getting rugged. That's getting robbed. No, no. I'm just so you're not getting, you're not getting scammed. Okay. So yeah, you can't get scammed on your money. You can still get robbed just like you can when you walk outside. Or when you answer the phone and you what fucking give your money to some dude asking for money, it says you owe him money. Like it, it's not. You technically you cannot. I mean, 
there is no NFT that I've seen that you can actually steal the liquidity like you can with coins. So, Chris, how were people getting their apes stolen? Oh, yes. Uh, a good amount were, I'm guessing, getting hacked on Discord. Oh, yes, for sure getting hacked through Discord, through getting uh, through accepting DMs or answering DMs and thinking that the DM is from a official or real or employee or of the Discord or companies. And this happens for a lot of NFTs. Yeah, this just happened to and me. Also, I, not to cut you mm-hmm. off, but cutting you off. Um, this just happened to me when I was, you know, the new hot uh, NFT project is Invisible Friends. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Wait, I've got a lot of those. Yeah, everybody's been. You said what? You mentioned a lot, a lot of, of those messages. Yeah, I've gotten <laughs> a few of those messages. Um, yeah, I, I got on the Discord one day. I just decided to jump on. I was like, hey, man, you. I already know I'm not going to get one, but I'm just, I'm so interested in the, in the process of the release and everything. And like, it's almost like when the Tiffany dunks came out, it's like, I'm not going to get, get them, but I just want to be in this atmosphere of what's going on to see how this plays out. And um, yeah, I joined a discord and I'm not a part of, you know, a bunch of discords, maybe seven or eight now, I guess. Uh, But I had never really gotten a DM. Like I had talked to somebody on in like one DM um, about like, you know, whatever I was uh, doing with the show or something like that. But long story short, I got into the Invisible Friends Discord. I hit, got hit with two DMs that said that they were minting and that mm-hmm. if I click this button that I could, you know, mint or whatever. And I was like feeling sketchy about it. Then I was like, nah, this isn't real because it just seemed too like the the way it came through. I was like, nah. Um, but I sent it to Mike and Mike was like, yeah, no, nah, good thing that you didn't do that. But it was only through the method of me being on the Internet for 20 years and being scammed off eBay for some Jordans and, you know, back in the day and like just going through the whole internet, like not clicking the wrong download button when I'm trying to like convert a YouTube mm-hmm. video or, you know, like me having all of that knowledge is the only thing that led me to the conclusion of not getting scammed right there. I feel like the average, you know, semi-intelligent person seeing the way how well done that fucking scam was, it wasn't even like no bullshit. Like, you know, like it looked like the exact website that they already have. They had, you know, all the clickable buttons, the graphics were the same. They were high quality. Um, so the scams in the NFT space and in the crypto space are so on point, you know, like. Which leads to the conclusion that this is not for the common person. Right. Yeah. This space is not built and curated for the common person. Yeah. Like, you have to be a critical thinker. You have to be fast on your feet. You have to question things. You have to have a high risk tolerance. You have to, you have to, you have to get rid of the emotion. You have to be a futurist. That too. You, yep. you know, so, which goes back to, to your first question, to your first point of like talking to people and it's like, bro, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's what I, that's my personal opinion. Like that through just doing it, talking to people, trying to onboard people, convince people, like, 
it's not it's not ever i don't know you know i don't know what the future holds i think you know eventually like you said like everyone will interact with some nuance of crypto the crypto space but into like where the where it's at right now i don't think you know it's for it's only i don't know what the percentage is like in the world that are in the crypto space but it's for that yeah i just see it turning into a level of uh mcdonald's monopoly game like quickly and when it happens it's going to be all at once and everybody who goes through the mcdonald's drive-thru will be able to uh you know have a fucking qr code on their receipt and access their free pfp of pennsylvania avenue or what like there's going to be and it, it might you know it might be adidas whoever buys stan smith gets their own whatever like like all of these huge companies are going to find a way to onboard a mass amount of people and send you know basically a piece of cryptocurrency to everybody uh millions of people i think in a short amount of time that we're going to look back at this moment like wow like how small it was you know like how small the the space was of us talking about this and just like people were i mean i think the most wild moment for people and it was funny because for us it was like elon with the tesla thing when it first happened and we're just like wow it blew up like all the way but the moment that we got crypto.com arena i never have got so many messages from people and seen the sentiment change so quickly from disbelief to like oh this is real you know uh -huh. uh, and i think the real world applications of any type of crypto activity is really what the difference maker is going to be that's kind of why i brought up the jimmy fallon thing because it's like you know late night television is like in everybody's house you know it's like old people still watch what the late show you know um and i'm sure they had no idea what the fuck that was but i'm just saying like it's gonna it's gonna happen all it's gonna be slowly and all there's a, ernest hemingway has a famous quote about um uh going broke or like uh, going bankrupt he said yeah it happens slowly and then all at once and i think that's what's gonna happen with with the the crypto and the metaverse and and all in the nft space it's gonna be slowly and then all at once yeah and i mean to your like jimmy fallon point um i mean i i don't see it any different from uh you know board apes is just a brand right. you know like a or a supreme or mm -hmm. the hybrids, you know so these are like and this is a is a nuanced space where they built a brand and a strong brand um with community and you know whatever values that you know that they did but um so i think these are kind of like the new brand builders you know yeah yeah that's dope i didn't think about it like that but that's that's a, it's kind of almost like like how bait was like a disrupting brand in our time where we were we were so committed to the Nike and Adidas and just a few brands that the polos that we fucked with and Bape was like, no, like we'll fuck this whole shit up. And 
take the Nike, you know, outline and just rethink the whole shit. And now we're on a whole nother level. And then we got the street where whole world came, you know, after that. Like Larva Labs just signed with UTA, the United Talent Agency. Yeah. Really? They're going to like, like rep, they're going to represent Larva Labs, like projects across film, television, video games, publishing projects. I mean, Larva Labs is the people that did CryptoPunks and MeBits. So like, there you go. It's like, they're just, you know, these are just kind of like the new minds, the new creative minds. Um, and it just makes, to me, like when I see like, you know, popular culture, like mainstream culture, like integrating, it just makes sense because like you can at least identify people that think about things like in a different way than things have been thought about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, that, that, that's part of that mass adoption connection that I finally see uh, in, in this part, in this field is NFTs. It, you can see the creativity, you can see the effort, you can see what's going on, you can hold it and then show it off. And all of those things like uh, build another layer of trustlessness that's like on a, that's not on, on chain or in a digital world too. It's like, you know, it, these collectibles or these items or this stuff, if it is gonna be the things that we have for the next millennia, and we're at the start of it, that's amazing. And if it's, you know, not fully like that, or if it's gonna be a little bit more uh, watered down or corrupted, and there's gonna be just a, you know, big E-Corp that takes over Ethereum, whatever, but at least helping build that out or watching that be built out is pretty amazing too. And it can be profitable. And that's the thing people, they need to remember. Um, much more fun and amazing and profitable than buying a coin that you can't do shit with that that has no reason but to be a meme. And I'm trying not to be like the resident contrarian, you know, of all things pop culture, I guess, especially in this space. I don't want to be that person. But like when people were so excited about the Staples Center changing their name. Oh, that was a top, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, so clearly no one pays attention to like other arenas outside of Los Angeles because Miami Heat changed theirs to the FTX arena at the top of the season. No one really made that big of a fuss about it. And if anyone watched baseball, the whole, what, NLCS or whatever that shit was called was all sponsored by FTX. They're screaming yeah. FTX. There's FTX fucking logos throughout the whole game. Yeah, but you know, that is obviously dedicated to the simplicity of the human mind, especially the American one. People are excited, stimulated when they see the word crypto.com. Right. Most people do not know what FTX is or means, nor do they care. It's just another nameless uh, corporation that is on a package or you know a stadium for that matter so yeah most people don't know what ftx is bro and that's i i understand your point wholeheartedly but um when people heard crypto.com that made their ears perk up you know quite significantly 
How many times did you go purchase additional office supplies because Staples Center was somehow sponsoring the event or the arena that your favorite team played at? Right. But now I feel you. Not not at all. But and I have no relationship or love for the title of Staples, you know, being Staples Center or anything like that. Um, but I wanted to wrap this episode up with asking each of you guys. Uh, what do you see happening and what would you like to happen in the next fiscal year or 12 months in the crypto slash NFT space? Each, each one of you. Mind if I go first? It's very simple. I would like to see women embrace this space. I would like to see girls embrace this space. Once that becomes more of a normality for them, this helps everyone else. Girls have bags, okay? Common knowledge, girls have bags. They're actually probably more successful at people. Less than 34-year-old, they probably, probably have more disposable income than the average male does. Facts. What they're doing right now is they're buying a property. I have a very close friend of mine who I've been screaming from the rooftops for her to get into this space for the last year. She waves me off, waves me off, and then tells me this week she's now the proud owner of a condo in Texas. How much did you put down on that? Oh, probably close to like 25000 25000 in this space is life-changing. It turns into life-changing money. I've seen this now on a few different occasions. Life-changing. Not the additional 7% she's going to get on her money next year. So anyway, we got to get the girls involved and I'm signing off on that one. Search. I would like to, for people, anybody that ever asked a question and inquire about crypto.com to do their own research and due diligence about the space um, before any judgment or asking anybody else uh, on any financial advice um, where I see it going in the next 12 month fiscal years, uh, NFTs to the moon uh, and possibly a Lamborghini Urus for Chris and I. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would like, I don't know. Those are actually like Mike said, uh, I'd take that money and put it into something else. If I had $25,000 when I started, I would probably uh, be doing this video from like a, a VR chat while I'm in fucking Macau or some shit. I, I would like to see definitely more women. I would like to see, which is starting in the NFT space. I feel like I'm shilling NFT super hard, which is really funny. I, I would like to see people to stop looking at prices of stuff as much, at least uh, listening to what the price is and like worrying about it. I agree with all you guys' sentiments. I wanna see more women in this space. I wanna see you guys in Lamborghinis back to back. Um, and yeah, I, I wanna see more black people in the space, black women, black men, yeah. black kids. Um, you know, you know what I'm saying? I want to see 
more uh, institutions. Like I want to see like colleges and schools and shit like that. And like, I feel like a big part of the finance world and the biggest thing that people always say is, oh, we didn't learn about credit cards. We didn't learn about balancing a checkbook in school. We didn't learn shit about finance in school. I feel like crypto, NFTs, all of it is a golden opportunity to combine art and finance for um, people who are still learning and under 21 and, and out of school and age. So if we can start that and yeah. pushing shit in that direction, I think we'll end up in a better place in the long term, no matter what happens with everything else. I agree. You just gotta get, you know, the the gatekeepers out of the way to do that. And you know, this is a huge paradigm shift. So what's good for us isn't great for everybody else that has, you know, seen a lot of success and and results on on the old way of doing things. So like what's new isn't always what's best for the old way. So I think that's kind of like the barrier that we face when, you know, when you're talking about, you know, institutions and, you know, kids and all of that. Kids have parents. Yeah, and their parents need to start teaching them about finance so they're equipped to deal with that. <laughs> in the real world and the world of finance is ever changing and mm-hmm. that's it for episode one of crypto bros and we'll be continuing to talk about the ever-changing landscape of finance um every saturday on the bomb network i'm your host jason madison and i'm joined by mike Rissay, mike mcgoy and chris epps Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. 
Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.